Welcome, welcome, welcome to Quarantine with Styles, aka Driving with Styles. Now I've done that correctly three times in a row. I think it's it's habit now. Um, I appreciate you guys watching. Um, there's some crazy times going on. Uh, and we need to talk about some sports sometimes. Um, and we're gonna get into some sports. We're gonna get into everything. I'm not sure how I'm gonna do this, but. Uh, in a 30-minute time frame, I'm going to try to hit these things quickly. Uh, if you guys have questions or um, you want to talk about anything I'm, I'm discussing right now, I'm doing a better job. I'm, <laughs> I'm new to this uh, broadcasting thing. Um, I'm not a producer. It seems like I've been roped into this producer role. I'm still learning the software, and I figure out a way where if you guys want to tweet me, I can see it down at the bottom of my screen now. Um, you can join the show uh, via the, the link that I I sent out uh, earlier today. Just click on the link and it takes you straight to Zoom. But you can also tweet me now at vstyle17. All you guys who watch me are probably followers. So you can tweet me a question and, and I should be able to see it right here easily now. Um, and I'll be able to answer your question. So. Let's get into this before time runs out. So first thing I want to talk about is UK football. Most of you guys uh, uh, know me through UK, Kentucky, awesome program. <laughs> but um, I'm looking at this distant learning as a positive. And this is why I said as a positive. If you know me, um, I had a reputation, but one reputation that I had is that I was a, a deep watcher of film. I prepared like no other. Every week, I put in, in so much time, and this is on top of being an engineering student. So I put in work, and that's the only way I survived, was putting in work, putting in film study. So the reason why this distance learning can be beneficial to us, especially since we are an experienced team, is now it gives the players a chance to dig into the why, the how they are doing what they're doing, why coaches are calling certain defenses, why coaches are calling certain offensive plays, tendencies. All these things can be beneficial. Now, this is a time since you can't take physical reps. You're taking these mental reps, diving into that defense. Diving to the the learning the other players on the team what they're supposed to do on defense, which is huge. For me, I knew if I was on the side, because you know in college football there's the hash marks are so wide, you didn't a boundary in the field. If I was if we was playing right and left corner, I had to know the difference between my will and my Sam linebacker. Was my Sam linebacker, very good at getting the curl to flat in the field, which is a long way to run. So in cover three, sometimes if I knew my wheel, well, in cover three on, I shouldn't say that, in cover three on the backside, the weak side, if I knew my wheel linebacker had a problem getting to curl to flat in 3D, I had to protect myself. Even though I know I got deep third, I knew my, my wheel linebacker could not get to the curl. So therefore that curl was wide open. Um, speaking of that, I mean, you look at uh, the highlight I played before the show. 
Um, that, that interception against Tennessee is 3D. And I knew who my will linebacker was. And it wasn't even a really great play-action fake. But I just knew he was, he was physical. He liked contact. And I knew any, any hesitation, he was going towards the line of scrimmage. So I played that basically backside, played like man-to-man, 3D. So knowing your, the responsibilities, knowing your teammates, knowing what they want to do, knowing how they play, this is the time with distance learning that you can, you can delve into that a lot more than when you're on the grind of day-to-day practices, your body being torn up, um, being physical, being able to bang. Now, this is a time where you get into the mental aspect. And I'm telling you, I think if we do this right, we come out on the other end a better team. And a big reason because we are experienced. Most of these guys should know the playbook. Most of these guys should know what their responsibilities are for their specific position. And so now it's to get yourself to the next level. Get to understand how I can switch up my coverages. You can start playing around in your mind. What, what can I do? Because you know right now, if a quarterback sees you in a certain lineup, in a certain alignment, they know pretty much the smart ones know what's going to happen. That's like, like I said, that Tennessee game. I played Peyton in high school. I, I know Peyton. And after the game, we talked. And it's like, how, how did I intercept that, that curl route through them like Peyton? Because I knew backside. You look front side and see what you like. You know that backside curl is wide open. Well, I didn't play three deep. I played man to man. He's like, ah, I see now. So you play around with, with things, tinker with it. Maybe, maybe in three deep, maybe I, uh, there's so many things. I, there's so many things I did that sometimes I, the, the rule from our coach was to line up at seven yards from the receiver. Sometimes I line up at seven and inched up to five. Because the receiver is looking at the, the quarterback. And if, if you're a receiver, you know you eat up a guy's cushion, you know you have him. Well, you know what coverage I'm in. You might think I'm in something, and I'm in something else. I just line, start up at 7, get to 10. I start at 10, creep to 7. There's so many things you can do, especially from the corner position, to make your job easier. Because it becomes a game. And these guys being able to watch film on their laptop, it's second to none. When I played, you had to go to the you had to go to Nutter. You had to go to the football facility to watch film. Now you don't. You can watch this at, in your apartment. You can watch this in class. I, I shouldn't say that, but you can watch this. You can watch it anywhere. And this is a chance for those guys to really dig into the the fine detail, the intricacies of the sport or their position of that technique and the great thing about it now is you can dial up your coach and you can both watch at the same time you can say coach i have a question pull up the video man all right coach here it is i'm sharing my screen that's huge i'm telling you these guys have had a chance if they use it right now if they didn't then we have a problem these guys have an opportunity to take a little bit more time out rest their body and be ready for next year and they should be on a, another level mentally because of with this distant learning. I saw the, the stuff Coach Henshaw was doing with the quarterback with the Jeopardy thing. You guys don't understand how big that is. Learning, learning, the, learning the plays and the whys and the hows 
and the adjustments are so crucial right now. And them getting these reps now because of technology is is so beneficial. So for me, I think we could come out of this thing ahead because we are so we have so many players coming back. We didn't lose that many starters. Um and the backups are experienced. So this is like I said, this is a chance I think could be beneficial for us with this distance learning. I I I hope and pray that uh, we took advantage of it. I hope and pray that we are understanding how to become better players and better teammates through this pandemic. Because out of out of every instance, you can make a positive out of it, and that would be the positive for me. And I still, like I said, you follow me anytime. I still have us as eleven and one. I still have us winning the East, and I have us winning the East because of the experience and getting Terry back. And I and I believe in Sawyer. If Terry, something happened to Terry, I, I I believe in Sawyer. I think Sawyer coming back another year, Coach Grand knowing what he can do and what he can't, because he didn't know that last year. He had no idea what uh, Sawyer could actually do. You see it on film, but until you the guys running your plays, it's totally different. I'm confident in the offense. I'm confident in Coach Grand. He's got another set of plays. <laughs> Another addendum to his playbook that was added because of, of, of Lynn that makes us that much more dangerous. I'm I'm excited. Uh, so I hope our players, I know all coaches are, I hope our players are taking, taking advantage of this situation and learning the game and learning the intricacies of, of playing football. Hone your craft, brothers. I hope you guys are honing your craft because that's huge. So next thing I want to talk about, um, again, if you guys want to want to send me a tweet, you can tweet me at, at vstyle17. Um, if you have any questions about what I just said, talked about, send me a tweet. I can see it now easily. <laughs> and um, I will answer your question. Next thing I want to talk about, I'm going to talk about, I was debating over Kyler Murray or Primetime. I'm going to do the Primetime one. So Primetime sent out a tweet. And the tweet reads here. I'm putting it up on the screen. Athletes, please stop doing all these crazy drills that don't apply to your game. A trainer or coach should be able to show you how this translates to your game. If he or she cannot, can't stop the madness now. I'm tired of folks robbing y'all and with fancy drills that don't translate. Man, you hit the nail right on the, on the head just there. It is crazy how these parents are willing to do anything for their kid and listen to anybody. It's maddening to me. It's funny how, and, and now I'm going to throw my, my, throw my old guy hat on. We've been playing basketball and football and track for so long. And it's amazing. Uh, there's an evolution. There's a, especially in track. I know in track, training is a little different because now people realize that don't put so many miles on kids. That's totally different. Workouts are different because we, we have studied and anaerobic, aerobic, all that stuff. I'm talking about track because track is my thing. I love track. Coach myself. 
But some of these drills, I see these footwork drills, these cone, these circle, these jumping has nothing to do with being a corner, a DB, a receiver. Those are ones that get me because those are positions that I am more familiar with. Some of these wide receiver drills are ridiculous. Some of these DB drills that I see guys doing are It does not translate to game. It does not translate to the real world. In a DB, learning to start and stop is everything. All these other things are ridiculous. Just because you're creative doesn't mean you're a great coach. Just because you're creative and creating some crazy cone drill doesn't equate to that kid becoming a better corner. Now, it's easy, and this is what happens. It's easy to get a great athlete and say he's become better because he's doing my, my drills. Well, he was going to be great anyway. See, it's not for the elite player because they're going to be great regardless they do these crazy drills or not. It's the other kids that you are promising to become better because they're doing these outlandish drills. A DB is backpelling and stopping, backpelling, stopping, backpelling, stopping. And these two things right here, these eyes, are everything to a DB. If you have great feet and great technique and great form and, and great all this, but you have bad eyes, you would not be successful. So as a, as a DB coach, you need to work on your player's eyes more than anything else. We can teach you how to backpedal. I can teach you how to stop and start. I can teach you how to drive on an out route. I can teach you how to, to well, flip your hips and, and go on a, on, a, on a deep route if you got great hips. Now, some people just have tight hips. Now, you can work on their, their hip tightness. But if they have bad eyes and can't read and slow and bad ball skills, I mean, but some of these drills, man, I'm seeing, I see all the time is they, they publicize themselves on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook and get these people riled up because they had one guy who ended up being an all-star, but he's training a hundred guys and the other 99 guys are not panning out. But parents are, going to him because he has a great name. He's a former athlete. He's a former LSU great, blah, blah, blah. I'm just saying it because I'm in Baton Rouge. I'm just saying. And people paid him big time money because of this. I've seen some 707 teams that are a bunch of great athletes, but not well coached. But their team is winning because he has a great, he has the, the 14, 15 graded best players in, in his area. And because of that, now now parents want to shelve out big time bucks because they think he they he or she can make their their player better because he's doing this and that with these drills. It's amazing what I'm seeing, and I, I just wish parents would do a lot more research and not just hearsay. In this day and time, you have so much at your disposal with technology, with information. Do your own research and find out if this guy is really, really that guy. Next now, I'm going I'm to talk about, I'm going to switch it up. I want to talk about this Kaepernick deal. 
it's amazing to me the the hill that people want to die upon. Was Kaepernick the greatest quarterback ever? No, he was not. I would never say that. Was Kaepernick a really good quarterback? Yes. Easily a really good quarterback. And people don't understand sometimes, I don't know who they're hearing this stuff from, but Kaepernick, if you remember, Alex Smith got hurt. Kaepernick took 49ers to the Super Bowl. The next year, Kaepernick took, took them to the NFC Championship and was one play away, the Crabtree-Sherman deal, from going back-to-back -back years. And the reason why got into a little thing, and I got into a little thing. I had to reply to someone talking about he lost the, his a battle to Blaine Gabbert. He did not lose the quarterback battle to game, game Blaine Gabbert. He was hurt. He had shoulder surgery when Chip Kelly got there and didn't have the time to learn off. Well, not learn offense, but shows to to give Chip Kelly a trust in his learn his system and run the plays because he I know he didn't play two preseason games and if you remember look at the receiving core of that team the next year when he played think about that this guy is well at that time was good enough to be a starter and he was so much good enough to be a starter that John Elway wanted to trade for him. Now, people say he turned down big money. He did not turn down big money. He did turn down Denver. And I think I tweeted this. That was $5 million. There are 5 million reasons why he turned that down. He was supposed to make $11.9 million with the 49ers. Elway wanted to pay him seven. The 49ers were not going to pay the other 4.9. And that's why that deal got turned down. It had nothing to do with Kaepernick not wanting to go to Denver. He wanted his money. Rightfully so. So, continuing on that, my boy Drew Brees got roped into something that he know better not to get roped into. And like I said, I tweeted this today. It's interesting. That we find out a lot about our teammates during this issue, during this, what, I guess, adversity. It's interesting that somehow, not through Kaepernick, the narrative has changed to disrespect of the flag. I mean, come, come on, guys. And here's the... the the worst part about it, Kaepernick started this thing out. No one even knew he was doing this. His teammates, if you read, said he set out more than the game that he finally got noticed. And there was a reporter up in the press box noticed. Now, I don't know if he got a heads up from a player. I don't know if he got a heads up from an equipment manager or someone within the organization that you need to take notice of Kaepernick sitting during the National Anthem. He never publicized it. So after that game, the reporter asked him the question. And that's when he had to make his statement. The reporter asked him a question. It was not a publicity stunt. He just felt at that time. No one, 
if he did it two games before, it was his personal reason for it. Teammates didn't say anything unless they, like I said, unless, unless they pull something and told a reporter. But here's the deal. What? It's, it's maddening. After he was asked, he stated why. After he was asked, he got in contact with Nate Boyer. They had a conversation, and Nate Boyer said, sitting is not the right thing to do. Let's kneel. So then he started kneeling, and now it became an issue. It's not an issue with the flag, and, I, and that's the point. It's, it's not disrespecting the flag. I'm going to tell you something. I can't remember who said it today, but it's amazing, like I said, the hill we die upon. If you really do it, we wear flags all the time on our hat, on our clothes. Is that disrespecting the flag? A peaceful protest and people got up in arms because some people are offended. But like I said yesterday on the locker, I pulled the show, the locker and me and, and Anthony White, uh, you can follow us at the Locker 411 on all social media platforms. We uh we broadcast 9 to 10 Eastern Standard Time, 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And like I said there, I said I had a, a great uncle who served in World War II and came home and stated how in Mississippi how he was treated. Stated how he led NAACP in my parents' hometown, Woodville, Mississippi, and had to shoot himself. They had to shoot himself out of NAACP meeting. He said, literally, shoot bullets, real bullets flying. So he comes, fights for the country, and is not welcomed back. So for some people, that flag means a little different. It doesn't hold the reverence as, as some others. Now, I'm not saying Drew needs to change his belief. But like I said yesterday, it's all about empathy. It's all about hearing the other side, having an open mind, understanding, listening. And I can't believe he went that route again. He basically doubled down on it. And that's his right. But now... What's going to happen when he gets back in that locker room? After the thing that Kaepernick was peacefully protesting for actually happens yet again. And it's not, I mean, this week has been, or the last week, in the last couple of weeks, have been, I mean, we've seen all kinds of things happen. Breonna Taylor, the Cooper deal in the, in the park. Now this George Floyd deal. Now you see, you hear people put pallets of, uh, of bricks out by certain things so to incite riots and stuff for one reason, to make a certain group of people look bad. To take the attention off of what we're truly protesting about. And now the media is hyping up the looting. The looting and the rioting is like every day. When there are great things happening, there's peaceful protests all day. 
It's sad. And then to have Vic Fangio say the things that he said, there's no racism within within um in the NFL. I think you know I have that here. Let me say what he said for so I don't misquote him. So Vic said, I think I'll probably in the NFL. Now, here's the bad thing about this Vic Fangio deal. He said some good things before he said this quote. But this quote basically is like a but. Usually when people say a but, it's like everything they said before the but doesn't mean anything because this is what after but's what they really mean. I think I'll probably in the NFL along those lines are minimal, which is racism. We are a league of meritocracy. You learn what you get, you get what you earn. I don't see racism at all in the NFL. I don't see I don't see discrimination in the NFL. We all live together, join as one for one common goal, and we all intermingle and mix tremendously. If society reflects the NFL team, we'll be all great. I do agree with that to a point. And I said this last week. It'll be if everybody had the chance to join a locker room, I think the world would be a better place. Because you have to face your ideologies, your beliefs head on about other people. Um, and that's both black and white. Not just white guys to blacks, it's black guys to whites. Um, and that makes a difference. Been there. Guy who grew up in a predominantly black neighborhood and had to go to an all white, a predominantly white school. It was eye-opening. You learned a lot. And then Fangio got some kickback. And let me see. I got what he said after that. He said, after reflect on my comments yesterday and listening to the players this morning, I realized what I said regarding racism and discrimination in the NFL was wrong. While I have never personally experienced those terrible things firsthand during my 33 years in the NFL, I understand that many coaches, player, many players, coaches, and staff have different perspectives. I should have been more clear, and I'm sorry. I want to make the point yesterday, there is no color in the room I have been in or the field, the playing field I've coached on. Unfortunately, we don't live or work only within those confines, outside those lines. Both in the fellow society, there's a lot of work to be done in the areas of diversity and providing opportunities across the board for minorities. As a head coach, I look forward to listening to the players, both individually and collectively, support them and work hand in hand to create meaningful change. Very interesting. The two things that got me was the no color. My color is my identity. Please see my color. Just don't judge me by my color. When you don't see color, that means you don't see me. And that's even worse. See my color. See me for who I am. Just don't judge me by it. And to say that I, I haven't seen discrimination and racism within my 33 years of league is crazy. If he really believes that, I, I'm, I would be stunned. For him to say that is shocking. To see the amount of black coach there in the league See how many black coordinators there are. See how many uh, black GMs. Come on, man. That's crazy to me. Uh, 
the great thing about it is with listening, we can, we can, he can change. He can see, he can be empathetic, so to speak. And I hope he has, I hope he's heard his players and his fellow coaches to take a deeper, deep down look at what he really said, because that's pretty amazing for a guy of that age who have gone through civil rights. I mean, I mean, at one time there was no black coaches during his tenure. And are you saying that there was no qualified black coaches at the time? Very interesting times. Like I say, adversity brings, <laughs> brings out the character in a lot of people. Now, I don't think Vic or Drew are necessarily I don't, bad guys. I just think they need to be more empathetic too their peers, their players, the people around them. Because all you got to do is listen. All you got to do is listen and ask questions. That's all you have to do. And I don't know how long it takes for a person to change. I really don't. I've asked myself that today. How long does it take someone to change? Because we have to give everybody a chance to change. We can't go by what hopefully their beliefs were before they met us. Because if they listen and they truly are sincere, they can change. Now, I don't know how long it takes to change, though. I hope we change soon for the better of the country. All right, guys, I appreciate you watching. That's 30 minutes. Um, see you guys in a couple of days. Stay safe out there.